Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Well, good morning again, Severn Run. Uh, it's an honor to be with you here today and to open the Word of God as we continue on in our Matthew series. I pray that you're taking the time uh, to, um, to be blessed by God each day with a quiet time. Read the Word of God. Um, don't imagine that you need to be a Bible scholar. Just open the Word of God. It's best to do that at the beginning of the day. That way you start your day um, kind of, you know, God-oriented and God-filled and, and the day really just goes different. Um, and we invite you to follow along with us in the book of Matthew as we go through our series. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4. And, and I want to tell you one thing, and that is that Jesus wants to repurpose your life. That's what his heart is. That's, that's what he wants to do. Um, and, and, and that's his passion. The Jesus who is, is a very different Jesus than the Jesus that, that we perceive in modern American Christian culture. And this series is titled Jesus Revealed because as we open the Word of God, we want you to encounter the living Jesus, the real Jesus. We don't want you to encounter the Jesus that you can fit in your pocket. Uh, we don't want you to encounter the Jesus who costs you nothing. We don't want you to encounter the Jesus of, of modern American religion. The last thing I want you to do is to get religion. I want you to know the creator of the universe. I want you to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want you to know the authenticity of the God who made reality. We as believers do not run from reality. We seek it. And we believe that reality uh, is a person that has been revealed to us and his name again is Jesus. So today, you have the opportunity to know Jesus in a new way. When I was a child... In Oklahoma, I used to, uh, to look up at the night sky. Now, if any of you are Okies, don't let me offend you, but Oklahoma, beauty-wise, at least where I live, doesn't have a whole lot going for it, okay? I love trees, but like blackjack trees are just plain ugly. But Oklahoma has the sky. And we have sunrises and sunsets that will, I don't know, that'll change your life. One night summer night, looking up, the sky filled with more stars, just beautiful and brilliant. And as a child there on the swing set, I, I put my hands up like this and I made up my mind I was going to count them. You ever done that? So I just framed up and I began to count and I got as high as my little brain could count and then I realized I was like missing them and jumping back and so I started over and then I started over I'm a pretty sharp little kid, and by the fourth time I realized this is not going to succeed. And just looking at the night sky, was amazed at how big and how vast um, the creation is. In just a moment, we're going to show you a video. It is a video of the Andromeda Galaxy made by NASA. The Hubble telescope took these, this, this picture. <clears throat> it is a picture of such high resolution that it would take 400 high-def televisions just to show this one picture. 400. It is an amazing um, 
just image of one small part of a neighboring galaxy. Now, the bad news of the Andromeda galaxy, or M31, is that we're on a collision course for it. And one day, Earth and our galaxy is going to run into that. The good news is it's 2.5 billion years away, so you're probably okay. This Andromeda galaxy is a spiral galaxy of a trillion stars. It is, it is 2.5 million years old, the light that we see streaming from it. it is, I can't even imagine a light year. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. I can't even compute how far that is in an hour, much less a day, much less a week, much less a month, much less a year of traveling by light. And yet this galaxy, which is the nearest to ours, is 4,000 light years across. And we actually have a NASA scientist in our, in our church who sends up all kinds of instruments into, um, into God's creation and and reads all kinds of the spectrums. Because you see, the spectrum of light we can see is just a small part of the light that God has in His universe. God is big. So as you're watching this, I want you to, to see each of the little stars and, and points of light. I want you to get a sense of how big your, your Savior is. And I want you to keep in mind this verse from Actually, these two verses from Psalm 146, verses 3 and 4. And this shows the, the amazing breadth of God. Because verse 3 of Psalm 147 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So our God is a God who pays intimate attention to your pain and your life. And yet, He's also the God who determines the number of the stars verse 4 says, and calls them each by name. <laughs> Do you believe that? Such is the creativity of God, that this infinite sky among us is known by Him and named by Him, and He who names the stars is calling you by name today. Let me just tell you that as you watch this, the Jesus that the Bible reveals is different than the Jesus that our Christian culture reveals. The Jesus of the modern Christian world is a no-cost Jesus. He is a Jesus of the teddy bear. He is the huggable Jesus. The Jesus of our day is a Jesus who adds to our life. But the Jesus of the Bible is a Jesus who will not fit in our pocket. He will not let you be a consumer. He will not let you stand on the sidelines of the redemption of the world. He is a, a Savior who calls you by name into his purpose. Watch the points of light. And remember that Jesus names the stars, but all the time he is whispering your name. Can you hear it? Let's listen. So, Father, we, we ask that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, our biggest problem is that our vision of you is way too small. You are a glorious, infinite God. You are the ground of reality. You are not something that man made up. You are creator. You are eternal. 
Father, the scope of your being exceeds any of our comprehension, and yet you came down to earth to be known. Lord Jesus, help us to see you today by faith in new ways. And all God's people say, Amen. So this Jesus, who is, is not a small Jesus who fits in your pocket, not a crucifix that you can wear and contain. He is this awesome, powerful uh, beginner of reality and concluder of reality. All things are being brought together, Ephesians 1 tells us, into Christ. And so if you, uh, you know, you will see one day soon that, that you and I will pass on from this, this temporary planet Earth and, and we will stand before the Eternal One and we will see the glimpse of His glory and it will be very, very different than, than the shallow images that we have of, of our, our God and Creator. He is awesome, He is infinite, and He's also personal and intimate. He's not only the God who names each one of those points of light, He is the God who named you and who calls you. And in the book of Revelation, it actually says that for those who believe that one day when you stand before God and, and, and He's going to take you aside and give you a white stone with a new name written on it that only you and He know. <laughs> that's, that's how creative God is. And so the question is, what are we going to be content to live with? Are we going to be content to live with a small, cultural, contemporary, churchy God that doesn't cost us anything, that, that isn't the basis of reality, that, that basically is us in the mirror, religionized? Or are we going to be drawn into the true Jesus and, and, and see who He is and live our lives on an epic, eternal scale? That's the question. For me, you know, if this isn't true, then I say let's chunk it all and walk away from it. But if this Jesus, who cast the stars into the sky and, and named them, if this Jesus is also caring enough to bind up the wounds of each of the broken-hearted hearts on earth, if this Jesus is real, then I say let's follow him in a way that shakes our generation, in a way that reveals the love of the Father through the life of the Son and the power of the Spirit to our world and to our families and to our, our businesses and, and schools in ways that, again, echo for all of eternity. It all starts with you and it all starts with me. Because Jesus wants to repurpose your life. See, the truth is, until you and I let Jesus repurpose our lives, He doesn't have your life. You do. If your life is being lived according to your thoughts and your ways and your imagination, if you're doing what you want to do in God's name, then in God's name what you got is dead religion. It's not, it's not the faith of Christ. And the truth is, what if you're not a Christ follower until you're actually following Christ? Wow, I mean, you know? And here's the deal, sometimes not like me, sometimes I'm a reluctant Christ follower. You know, I have a stubborn heart. And sometimes I follow the Lord so stubbornly, all right, I'll do what you want. How that must please the Father's heart. I'm, as a parent, I'm learning these things, you know. You know? But no, with a, with a willing heart to, to be in love with the Father and, 
and to be, you know, just captured by the Son and, and to have your heart filled with, with the Spirit of God that, that you want to serve the purposes of God in your generation. Because, guys, we have to reach the next generation. We, we desperately need Jesus to reveal himself to our world. Amen? We have to. So in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, we're in a section of Scripture where Jesus calls his first disciples. And let me just say something uh, about this that we're about to read. The other day, a friend of mine um, was walking down the street and, and, and talking to one of his neighbors who is a believer. And the, the neighbor was asking him, you know, about his life and about what was going on. And, and he was just talking about, you know, um, in his small group being called into Baltimore, uh, you know, into a church plant and, and having an ongoing relationship with one of the church plants in Baltimore. And, and the man said, Baltimore, why would you ever want to go there? That's a dangerous place. And my friend said, well, that's where Jesus tells us to go, is to, to places where there's darkness and we bring light. And, and the guy actually said, as a, quote, believer, well, that was back then. But I just got to say, if, if you want to allow Satan to just completely gut all of Christianity, buy into the back then mentality. Read the word of God and then, and then just back then it. Oh, well, love your neighbor. That was back then. You know, um, be faithful to your spouse. Well, that was back then. Be, be filled with the, the spirit and, and, and live you know, in, in a way that, that allows the Spirit of God to fill us with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness? No, no, that was back then. Guys, that's, that is like, that must make all of heaven shudder because nothing could be further from the truth. Everything in the Word of God is for right now. Amen? It all has implication. It all has application. It all is here to provide inspiration an example for us not merely to study in our heads and, 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 you know, admire, but to live, to do right now in our lives. And so what we're about to read is not a back then experience. What you're about to read is a description of, of what Jesus um, is doing in your life right here, right now. The scripture tells us, um, that as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Let's just start right there. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was always out and about bumping into, colliding with people in need. Right there, church, you want to know a way that, that would change dramatically the impact of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That is, if believers got outside of a building, mislabeled a church, and actually bumped into people who are far from God, and in the bumping into them actually were used of God to reveal the love of the Father to those people they were bumping into. God is gonna, going to send you and repurpose your life, and you're going to say to him, I'm too busy. Is anybody here who's not busy? If anybody's not busy, then Gwen's taking names and... We got stuff for you to do, you know, right? We're all busy, right? Satan is going gonna, is gonna to throw busy in your face to try to keep you from, from the eternal. And I'm just, I, I just want you to hear this. You're going to be busy right up until the moment you die. 
And then you're going to step into ultimate reality and, and you're going to have a different take on what you should have been busy about. Right now is an opportunity for us to live life in the light of eternity. Right now, we get to step onto the other side of eternity, see what is going to matter for all of eternity, and then step back into time and live what matters here and now so that when we actually do die and stand before God in judgment, what we hear is God going, well done, my good and faithful servants. Well done. We got to get Christians out and bumping out, uh, out and about, and bumping into lost people. That's what we got to do: serving and ministering and loving. But we got to get us out into the world, bumping into people, just like Jesus was always doing. And there he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. I want you to know that that the God who created all the vastness of the stars, so distant that it's taken, you know, a a, a billion light years for the light to come back on us, that God who sees uh, reality in such a scope and scale, He sees you here and now. He sees your need. He sees your pain. He sees your hurt. He sees your hopes. He sees everything about you. And he loves you. He loves your heart. He loves, he loves the purpose that he wants to give to you. And seeing Simon call Peter and his brother Andrew, who were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen, he said, come and follow me. I'm telling you, Jesus wants to repurpose your life. And today he's calling you by name. We're all casting our nets into the lake. We're all busy doing something that, that uh, you know, is what we think our life is about. We're all busy making a living or going to school or, or doing something, trying to get what we want. We're all busy casting some net into some lake. And Jesus, the interrupter, shows up and, and sees us in deeper ways than anyone ever has and speaks beyond our fleshly, shallow, self-centered desires into the depths of our souls. And when we're listening, something deep inside of us resonates to, to a great adventure, to a high calling, to, to an epic battle. And we hear Jesus say, come and follow me. And when he says come, we, we have to realize that this is for the willing, not the unwilling and reluctant, not the religious. It's a wholehearted invitation into a personal relationship. I want you to follow. Jesus has taken away every excuse for living an eternally significant life because we don't have to make this up. It's not about our intelligence figuring God out. Our God is a revealer. That's who he is. That's what he did. He's the God of revelation. Jesus is all about revealing the Father. And so the revealer says, follow me and I will show you the way. One of the illustrations of faith that I often use is, is, is that of the headlights. And, and, and imagine it was night and you went out to your car and, and, uh, and you, you went out to your car and you turned your car on and turned on the headlights and, and, and sat there for 30 minutes. And, and someone were to walk up to your car after you've been sitting there idling with your headlights on for 30 minutes and they would say, hey, you know, everything okay? Your car running? Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, do you need something? Well, it's dark outside. Yeah, but you got your lights on. Well, I can only see about 60 or 80 feet in front of me. And I can't see all the way home, so I'm just going to sit here because I don't know the way home. I, can't, I can't see all the way home. It's dark. What would you say to that person? 
start your drive, and every move you make, you'll get another 60 feet of light. Jesus said, follow me. You don't have to, to think this up. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to, to let it spring from your own uh, imagination or ability. All you have to do is, is look to Jesus and, and believe that he is the reality of, of the ground of, of all of time and all of creation. And, and you trust him and, and you follow him through life. And you lay down your nets and you pick up a brand new purpose. To believe is to let Jesus call you out of your business into his business. To believe is to let Jesus call you to lay down your nets and to pick up his passion for people. And anything less than that is not biblical Christianity. It may be cultural, it may be comfortable, it may leave you as some sort of a a religious consumer, but real biblical Christianity will cost you everything. Jesus bids us come and die. And on the other side of that death, experience a resurrected life that this world could not even imagine um, in any any way. Simon and his brother were there and and, and they were fishermen, and so Jesus said, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going to repurpose your life, and I'm going to weave your personalities and, and your brokenness, and, and my healing is going to come into your life, and, and people are going to hear my voice through yours. I'm going to reveal myself to your world. And I'm not saying that you're going to suddenly be at the center of the world stage, and all the world's going to pay attention to you. No. We want all the world to pay attention to Jesus. If nobody ever knows my name, that's awesome. But I want them to know Jesus' name. There are over 580,000 people within a 10-mile radius of this building. The the vast majority, the the statistics are all over the map, but probably some 80% of these people do not have a saving relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And the modern church of the living God sits in its little building pretending that someday something's going to happen to those people that we're busy with our lives. We don't have to care about them. Jesus said, I know you're busy. I know what you were about. But I'm the God who casts the stars into the night sky. I'm the God who knows each one of them by name. And I'm calling you by name to leave your self-guided life and to trust me and to go after those people that they might know me too. And forever and ever and ever and a trillion years after that, we're just beginning the first moments of, of what's next. I will reward you. But now I need you to give up your life for mine. Now I need you to value my call on your life more than your own thoughts about your life. Now I need you to believe in a way that you'll never be able to believe in eternity. In eternity, there's a couple things you'll never be able to do. You'll never be able to sin. You'll never be able to win anybody to Jesus. And in eternity, you're not going to have to have faith. But now you do. Come and follow me, Jesus said. I'm going to repurpose your life. And he spoke in terms, you're fishermen, I'm going to make you fishers of men. People are going to be your business, and I'm going to use you to look after my interest in the the lives of others. I'm so grateful for a guy named John O'Haver who who went after a a little nobody kid, a lost little eighth grader, alone, uh, seriously, in the world, really without parents much, um, you know, on my own, 
um, nobody checking on school, anything else. And, and, and here's this college student. Now, he he's, was a handsome guy, a smart guy, went on to, later to become a, a Ph.D. chemist. Uh, you know, he, he could have been doing what, what a lot of uh, college guys are doing, and that's trying to see how many little red cups they can fill, you know, and how stupid they can be you know, on a Friday night, and, uh, and how many girls they could use, and I mean, he could have been, you know, living that, that low life. I mean, he could have been totally self-centered on, on the fake party of, of earth's offerings. But he followed Jesus. And Jesus didn't write his name in lights so that everybody knew him. What Jesus did was call him to go after this little nobody, eighth grader, who didn't want him around. I can literally remember, I've, I've shared the story one time before, I can literally remember one time he's knocking on my door, I'm there at the house by myself, he's knocking on the door, and I'm not answering because I don't want to go. He's coming to get me to go to a meeting, and I don't want to go. So he knocks, and he knocks, and he knocks, and he said, Drew, I know you're in there, and I'm not leaving until you answer. And I finally said, nobody's here, go away. That night, John took me to a, to a meeting, and I went, and I just, I, I experienced literally just a glimpse of the glory of God, and I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, I came this close to missing how God would reveal himself to me, and it was, it was just a taste of heaven, and I, and I thought, oh my gosh, how close I came to missing this. That's what it means to be a fisher of men. It means to care about other people and their eternal destinies more than you care about yourself and your own comfort. You know, the amazing thing that distinguishes um, biblical uh, believing from modern-day Christianity is, is found um, in, in verse 20 of chapter 4 in Matthew. At once they left their nets and followed him. These guys actually obeyed. They didn't just store facts in their head and, and know stuff about Jesus. They, they heard what Jesus said, and then they lived it. They obeyed it. They did it. This is an amazing revelation in, in verse 20. This is what listening deeply to the Father looks like. It, it means it translates into a life that's repurposed, redirected, resent into the world. And, and here's the deal. You can live your life for you if you want to. And you're going to be a very small package all wrapped up in yourself. And your whole life will be about using other people to make you happy. Your whole life will be about getting from other people or you can give your life away to Jesus. You can hear the star creator and the namer of the lights in the night call your name and you can answer your call and then you can be sent out into your world to, to be a part of the redemptive plan of God. And where there is darkness, you can bring light. Where there's brokenness, you can bring healing. Where there's uh, despair and hopelessness, you can bring hope. That can be your life, and it's a glorious life. I, I'm telling you, I, I get so sick of hearing people ask a very legitimate question, why is there so much evil in the world? And the answer is because there's so little faith in the world. The reality is, is, that, is that there's so much darkness and evil in the world because the people of God refuse to listen to the voice of God. And ignoring the Son of God who says go, we simply most of the time say no, not going to do it. And then we blame God for doing nothing to, to answer the evil in the world, the suffering in the world, when we're the ones who are AWOL. We're the ones who are sent. 
We're sent into the brokenness of our neighbor's life. We're sent into Baltimore City. We're, we're sent into the, into the places where other people won't go. That's us. And we do so knowing that Jesus said go. He didn't say worrying about coming back. If we come back, that's, that's his business, not ours. But don't you dare ever say, God, why aren't you doing more in the world when you are sitting comfortably in your house, in your chair, and you are not being spent and broken for the poor and the hungry and the needing. That is hypocrisy of the highest order. You answer your call. And I don't know what it's going to be. It's not a call to glory. It's not a call to fame. It's not a call that will shine the light on you, but it is a, a great call to an epic battle, a struggle for all of the ages in which you can make a difference. You really, really can. Jesus is in the calling business. And as surely as I am called to ministry, you are called to ministry as well. And we're both called full-time. We earn our livings differently, but you are just as called to follow Jesus 24-7 as I am. That's the price. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. We're all preparing our nets. We all got this plan. And then Jesus interrupts us. And he called them. Have you ever heard the call of God on your life? Some of you have. And you know that you've said no in the past. Today could be the day you say yes. And some of you said, you know, Pastor Drew, I've really never heard the call of God on my life. Well, yes, you're hearing it right now. Jesus saying to you, I want you to come and follow me. I want you to lay down your nets. I want you to, to, to believe that you're called. And, and I want you to, 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 to let me reveal myself to you and through you for the rest of your living. And Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father. The reason I believe that last phrase in there for a, a tight-knit Hebrew family is because it, it entails a, a cost that you and I cannot imagine. We're not just talking that Jesus will ask us sometimes to leave a vocation. Sometimes Jesus will ask us to leave things that are very, very precious to us. Things that are near and dear to us. Marsha and I left home at 18, um, serving the Lord, and we've never been able to go back home. Many of you in the military, the same thing. Small, 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 small cost to pay. Being away from family and, and even grandchild missing growing up with grandparents. It's a small cost to pay for, for serving Jesus. Jesus is going to ask you to let go of, of that which you value highly and is very important to you and very significant to you. But the truth is that, that the revelation of Jesus comes at the cost of the price of a life. Jesus was revealed to the world through his death on the cross. And Jesus will only be revealed through you when you authentically give up your broken life and, 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 and let no cost be too great to serve and follow Jesus. Guys, some of us here are stuck in a false, with a false Jesus. Our, 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 the Jesus we have in our heads isn't the real Jesus. 
The Jesus we have in our heads is a Jesus of our own creation. He's, he's the Jesus slightly disguised in the mirror. Our, our Jesus is, is the bathrobe Jesus with the towel on the head. It's not the real Jesus. Because the real Jesus is not going to leave us in charge of our own lives. The real Jesus is going to cost us our lives and send us out to be a blessing in the world. And I'm just telling you, there is no greater joy than to love somebody and see the light of God's love come come, you know, just glowing in, in, in their hearts. Guys, how much would, would the world be changed if those of us in this room dropped our nets and followed Jesus? If we answered our call and let Jesus repurpose our lives? What's your purpose? Why do you live on planet Earth? Is it to make money? Have sex? Get stuff? And then what? What do, you, what do you do after that? And then, and then what? And then what? And then fill in your next plan, and then what? Well, eventually you're going to get to an and then what where you die, and then what? What was it all for? I submit to you that if it wasn't for Jesus, it's all for nothing. But if you and I will let Jesus repurpose our lives, it will all be for the glory of a God who is more glorious than you and I can imagine in scope and scale. So here's what I'm asking you to do today is to let Jesus repurpose your life, to listen deeply to your call and to live wide in obedience. Let Jesus send you into your home. Let him send you into your school. Let Jesus send you into the world around you and be an answer to the darkness and to the brokenness of hell. You be the light. That's your call. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. If you are a believer, you are a Jesus revealer. That is, that is your call. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask us to, to say it together out loud and, and, you know, no coercion or anything else. And just saying a prayer wrote doesn't mean anything. But if you mean it in your heart, it, it means everything. It changes everything. So if you would, just pray this prayer out loud with me. Um, read it through once just silently and then if it means something to you, join me in, in praying this prayer that, that God would do something in our midst today that would be epic and that would literally change the whole course of, of the history of our world around us because these believers actually believed. So Father, read it together. Save me from religion. Save me from self-deception. Help me lose my self-created purpose and find your eternal purpose. Use my life to reveal Jesus any way you choose. Guys, I'm just telling you, this Jesus that we're about, this gospel we're talking about, it is real. It is true. It is right. It is trustworthy. And the Jesus who cast the scar stars into the night sky, the Jesus who named them all, is speaking your name and calling you to reveal him. Let's believe and listen deep. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. 
Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.